0: Good afternoon and welcome. My name is Dr. Daryl Hill and welcome to Doctors in the House. This is our first episode and we are glad to be here with you today. I'm going to give my guest, Dr. Rick Bryson, a chance to introduce himself.
1: Yes, hello Daryl, and uh, good evening uh, audience. My name is Dr. Rick Bryson, a psychiatrist here in Prince George's County
0: DMV area. Mm-hmm. So. We're here today really to kick it off. We, we got our new show happening, Doctors in the House, and this show is really about, about you. It's about talking about health issues, about bringing education to you, about bringing doctors to you, and about giving you a chance to ask questions of us and learn so that we can help improve everyone's health out there. So Dr. Bryson, tell me, what, what are you noticing these days when it comes to people's health? Are things moving in the right direction?
1: Well, you know there's a challenge with health in this country and specifically in the african American community. We know that the indices of uh, that indicate bad health chronic disease black folk tend to be at the top of the uh, mm-hmm. of the uh unfortunately uh leading in those negative indices uh we have a situation where recently um, within the last from the last uh federal administration with the Health Care Act. It uh, caused people to, it allows some people to gain more access to health care. However, there's still some issues with the quality of that care, how care to a certain extent is being uh, rationed. And I think in general, people are making a more concerted effort to be aware of their health and things that they can do to take advantage of opportunities such as information from shows like this Mm -hmm. internet provides other resources where I always encourage patients anyone that I deal with to uh, be proactive with your health Right,
0: right. you know and today with this being our first show I'm hoping we can just kinda talk a little bit we're gonna share with the audience things um, that we're gonna be doing over the course of the months to come when it comes to health issues you know we're gonna we're gonna have fun we're gonna talk about education We're going to be bringing different doctors in here, the dermatologist, the surgeon, the gastroenterologist. We're going to be talking about what are those tests which can help make someone um, be a little healthier, be around a little bit longer. And like you said, you know, health is so complicated these days. We're going to talk about some of the government policies. We're going to talk about... A lot of what's happening with our demographics, our senior care population. Because, you know, let me give you a chance to talk more about the things you're doing and the things I'm doing. But, you know, right now you're focusing quite a bit on our senior population.
1: Uh, yes, I uh, have a special love for our seniors. I think in our community, uh, seniors are revered. And unfortunately, some of the things I'm saying is that due to the fact that uh, in part because of health neglect over the years. Uh, there there complications that have arisen, especially specifically with what I deal with lower extremity mm-hmm. problems. Right, right. And you have very simple things that have that I've seen become very detrimental anything from a simple ingrown toenail that's not treated correctly can result in infection which can lead to gangrene which can lead to amputation which can possibly lead to death because statistically speaking uh, those who have an amputation their life expectancy is decreased
0: right And, and that's interesting you say that too because it's incredible i think how much experience you've had and myself too And I think it's incredible when you have a chance to share that with our audience. And by doing that, we all are better off as a community and as an individual, too.
1: Yes, the village.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, But like I said, we'll be bringing in a lot of different people to help our audience learn more about their health. Um, You know, we just got over this whole Obama health issue and what that meant and how it affected so many people out there. And, you know, I was surprised to hear, even with the government shutdown most recently i never thought about it but people were losing their insurance you know we're talking about diabetics who couldn't get their insulin um, so we're talking about some major issues here
1: yes yes and uh, specifically with the access to medication uh... obviously uh, dealing with our senior population and most seniors use medicare as their primary uh, insurance with the uh... medicare part d mm-hmm. and also with uh, even with uh, the mail delivery, I happened right, to be in right. the post office the other day and a gentleman was there simply because the, the mail was not being delivered to his mm-hmm. house. Part of it was the logistic things. I think, I don't know if he had just moved in right. or not. But he made the comment that he was really concerned because evidently there was some person in, the, in that household who needed medicine. Mm-hmm. And with the medicine being delivered by mail order, right. if there was an issue with the simple delivery of Mm -hmm. mail that meant there was a breakdown in terms of that patient having their medication and therefore uh, obviously many things can happen uh, from that
0: yeah i've been amazed with a simple transition like you're saying now with all of the emphasis on getting medicines out through the mail what that means now how long two or three days up to a week someone walks into your office now they just can't walk to a local pharmacy in some cases to pick up the medication. So all of these things are having um, significant um, impacts on the day-to-day activities uh, of our patients and um, you know with with hospitals even here in the county you know we we got at least one new hospital coming and we had Laurel Hospital closed down and we want to talk too about what that impact is doing to our local communities. So we're going to have a lot to talk about and we'll be looking forward as we move on too, to hearing from our audience on issues that they also find um, um, needed to hear more about. Assisted living facilities, nursing homes, that's a whole new industry. I don't think many people know that in our ordinary neighborhoods all these facilities are popping up.
1: Yeah, yes, yes, and uh, as a matter of fact in my practice, a large part of my practice deals with uh, visiting those facilities Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. provide care. And one of the things that uh, I do realize is that as as they say, if you live long enough, you're Mm going to need at some point someone to care for you. I guess we talk um, as a younger person, I know I often was approached by insurance uh, Mm -hmm. individuals about uh, purchasing long term care insurance. I think traditionally in our community, when a person uh, ages, if the family structure is such that they can support them, right. oftentimes it became a thing that uh, mother, dad, grandma, granddad would come to live with uh, when the siblings. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, as the demographics have changed, uh, folk right. aren't having as many children as before. Right. So those options are becoming limited compared to what they were fifteen twenty years ago
0: and and that's why i'm so excited about this show because we're going to talk about bringing that financial guy in here to help us understand more about what that really means because think about it not too many people can pay for that long-term care insurance and people are living longer and we don't think about these things until it's too late so i'm excited i'm glad you're here and i'm glad we have our audience out there and i think as we move forward we're going to continue to make our communities healthier. So as we move along, why don't we just stop right now and just give you a chance to tell us who you are, tell us what you do, tell us about your education, your background, and uh, I'll be curious to hear too about why you chose your specialty because the reality is it takes a special person to provide health and care to other people.
1: Yes. Well, again, my name is uh, Dr. Rick Bryson, uh, practicing uh, foot care, lower extremity uh, Care. And one of the things that's so important that what I've seen, when I was in college, I actually uh, played a little basketball. Mm-hmm. And I actually uh, had a lot of foot ankle problems. Okay. And when I was deciding on a career, I knew I was in the on that healthcare track. Mm-hmm. And what led me to specifically want to pursue podiatry is that podiatry offered a lot of sports medicine. Okay. Uh, It was one of the uh, specialties that sports medicine was actually an intricate part of the profession. And that's what sort of led me to uh, podiatry. And again, the other uh, thing that actually... I think caused me to want to pursue podiatry is that I remember as a youngster taking my mom and grandmother to the podiatrist. Wow. And I, and wow. I often, uh, because of injuries that I suffered, I went to a podiatry. Mm-hmm. So I was aware right. of what podiatry was. Wow. And I don't think you enter undergrad saying that you want mm-hmm. to be a podiatrist. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, it is a profession I chose and I've been... Uh, I feel very fortunate to have developed a practice where I feel that I am definitely uh, making a difference. I mean, you, you right. hear it every day, and you can see it mm-hmm. now. Part of uh, one of the situations that I often see, as I said before,
2: mm-hmm. is
1: individuals who, due to uh, to a large extent, neglect of not having uh, foot care. Right. The uh, complications we all we I think we all know about the relationship with diabetes as it relates okay, to foot care. Okay, we got a lot care. to talk
0: about when it comes to diabetes, yeah, yeah, that's quite, a biggie. Bit. That's quite a a That's a biggie, bit. that's
1: a biggie, but that's not the only um, condition, but as it, um, to piggyback on what you alluded to with insurances, uh, insurances will make a big deal with the condition of diabetes for mm-hmm. foot care. However, that is not the only diagnosis that usually leads to detrimental problems at your foot anything that uh, circulatory problems right, uh... Right. from, from uh, various reasons
0: uh, absolutely yep absolutely and
1: also as i said before there have been a number of uh... Seniors that I've seen who've developed something as simple as a hammer toe.
0: Oh, yeah. A hammer toe. I got a few stories I got to tell you about as we get a little bit more into this when it comes to some of these simple things that turn into major things because people just didn't know. Exactly. Before I forget to mention, um, the call in line will be 240 719 2560. This will be a call in show. We will take calls. We appreciate all the calls. I know we have a Caller on the line right now, and so why don't we go ahead and take the call? Hello, caller. Hello, caller. Hello. Yes.
3: How you doing today?
0: Doing great. How are you?
3: Man, I'm great, man. Um, I've been seeing you for a while now, man. It's Gaskins. How you doing, brother?
0: Good, good. Who's this?
3: Mr. Gaskins, the owner of the station.
0: Hey, what's up? (laughs) How you feeling, man? I'm
3: feeling good, man. Y'all, y'all.
0: That's what we're here for. We appreciate that. For
3: sure, man. I just, want to, I just want to congratulate you on your new show, man. I'm so glad you joined the team. And uh, get everybody, tell everybody where you're located and everything, man, how to get a hold of you and everything,
0: yeah. Absolutely. My, my office is located in Laurel, Maryland, 13635 Baltimore Avenue. That's 301 uh, 497 401 401-301-497-0401. Also... We are always open 24 hours a day uh, on the web, www.laurelmedicine.com, www.laurelmedicine.com. And I'll, I'll give brother, brother Dr. Bryson a chance to introduce his, his information. Yes,
1: yes. As I said before, uh, currently I service the DMV area. The easiest way to reach me is uh, via telephone, 301 706
3: 6437. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, Dr. Bryson, what do you specialize in?
1: Podiatry, sir. Foot and ankle care. Foot
3: and ankle care. Okay, circulatory things and this, this and that. You take care of that. Yes,
1: right. yes sir. Yes, sir.
3: Okay, man. Okay. Well, Doc, I, I, like I said, I just want to tune in and watch you, gentlemen. I just want to call in and congratulations to the team, man. Uh, God bless you, man. Hope you do well, brother.
0: Thank you. Appreciate you.
3: All right, y'all have a good day, man. I'll talk back with you, bro.
0: Thank you. So we were talking with, with Dr. Bryson. He was just kind of sharing with us some of the things he does, and, w- and we appreciate that. I'm going to take a moment now just to kind of tell you about myself. So my name is Dr. Daryl Hill. I'm originally from New Jersey. I attended Rutgers University, along with their medical school as well. And I'm an internist, so after medical school, I did a residency at the University of Maryland Hospital. Had a really good time, worked hard learned a lot and since that time, you know, I've been in private practice in Laurel, Maryland and in my practice it's a little different. You know, we do our best to develop good relationships which are long lasting relationships and we um, we manage all the usual stuff, your diabetes, your blood pressure, your heart disease and we do a few unique things in my office too. Uh, We've been one of the first Doctors in the DMV area that provides home care, and as you can imagine, there's a growing need for home care. So um, we're happy about that. We're working hard, and we we do a lot of education. We do a lot of prevention, and we feel happy about being there to help keep people healthy. And you know, I met Dr. Bryson. How long has it been now?
1: Wow, you're gonna uh, date us a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, it's been a while. Yeah.
0: It's been a while. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, but yes. It's been a good uh, relationship. Yes, yes, and uh, I've been providing uh, home uh, care services also, and I mm-hmm. think that's one of the things uh, connections uh, that uh, we had. We share that vision that where uh, there's a need, we have to stand in the void and mm-hmm. uh, take care of it.
0: Right. Yeah, I know we got a break coming up, um, so we'll we'll continue to have this conversation as we go to break Um, but you know we're going to get into in the next segment talking about some of those specific health issues which are affecting our communities and we're not just here to talk about our community we're talking about everybody but with a focus on our community when it makes a lot of sense and I'm going to be sharing with the audience also I've been doing quite a bit of writing lately um, and e-books and other materials and I I find that the things I'm putting together just aren't out there. Like one of my books is geared specifically toward the home care environment, you know, one's about the health and wellness for all people and one even focuses on being a guide for for black men because let's call it what it is. We have a few unique medical and health issues that are different from everybody else. and, and as we get into our conversations going forward, we're going to be talking about healthcare disparities too, because I heard what you said earlier about um, I think you said amputations, and we know there's a mismatch. A lot of African Americans suffer complications from diabetes, and we want to know why so we can um, prevent that.
1: Yes, if folks listen, we had info for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, and, and then we're going to talk about even you and I. You know, you should have your doctor, I should have mine, and we should be going to the doctor like everybody else. Uh, I don't know what y'all we, do.
3: Yeah, we have to.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I always think about my family history, and um, and what that means for me. And you and I are going to talk about how much we exercise, how much we don't exercise. You know, you're still in, looking pretty good, pretty good shape. You know, we got to eat the right food all that stuff so we we are no different than everybody else Um and, and, and no one talks about it but there's a huge component of stress what does stress do to our bodies what do you think about that
1: yeah as a matter of fact uh... i was recently reading a book and it talked about the issue of high blood pressure not necessarily and it was not just centered around the african-american community but it uh... was making a correlation between high blood pressure and high cholesterol mm-hmm. and it talked about uh, the Italian community which obviously we know from their diet it tends mm-hmm. to be uh, heavy carbohydrates okay. and a lot okay. of Italians tend okay. to be heavier people but uh, one of the things that the book was uh, mentioning is that in certain, in certain communities of, of um, the Italian community Italian-American community, I guess I should say. Uh, one of the things is that their lifestyle in terms of uh, the family gatherings, right. eating together, mm-hmm. even though uh, they're big people, there there was not a great increased incidence of uh, mortality okay. from heart disease and that type of thing. But uh, the book was highlighting the fact that the stress levels in this particular community that they right. evaluated, right tended to be lower because they use this example where the Mm -hmm. guys would come from work Mm -hmm. and they would be around the family doing uh, and and those things definitely uh, help so stress is a major 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 problem in our community in terms of uh, what it does contribute Mm to uh, conditions that lead to mortality
0: right the stress and the social economics and I'm glad you brought up the issue of diet because that's a huge issue when you talk about prevention and one of the things we'll be doing too is bringing in that nutritionist and that dietitian person to help us understand how we should be eating because sometimes let's be honest we just need to relearn some of the bad habits we may or may not have um, and uh, without you know you can't lose weight without eating correctly i don't care who you are and that becomes <laughs> more and more difficult as you get older and i think we can all speak from um, personal experience as well, and as you were saying too, we 're going to talk about the um, you know, some of the Greek diets. you know there are a lot of different diets out there that we know are, are very healthy and helpful in, in preventing health issues, so we 're going to be talking about those issues all right, you know, and it 's funny too, because I do a lot of talking in the office, and that 's the beauty about being on this show. I can almost feel like I 'm in the office right now. Uh, yeah, I talk a lot about bacon, you know, I don't know about you, you like bacon? No,
1: nah, no, nah, I must admit, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not a big bacon guy, I would well, do some good. turkey bacon, but that's, not the pork bacon. Yeah, be- Unless, you know, sometimes uh, my wife will fry it up and,
2: mm.
0: uh, right. And, and that's cool too, but the reality is, um, we just have to understand if we do like it, the good, the bad, and the ugly too. And the reality is, bacon is one of the worst things out there for you, but we all do it we all do it and you know there's more of a focus now on eating a green diet more salads more more broccoli more brussels sprouts which by the way are some of my favorite vegetables too um and i always tell people when i grew up it was all about um pork chops and i don't know if you remember it but maybe you too you know my mom would fry up the the pork chop and when it was all done you'd have all that flour that fried flour in the bottom of the pot you throw some water in there, and that was your gravy. Gravy, yes. And the reality is um, we all, I think, did it, but we, we should know now it's probably not the best thing for you.
1: No, no, it was not. But, boy, uh, my mother, you know, I grew up in, uh, to a larger extent in North Carolina, mm-hmm. so specifically, yep, yep, yep. All right. So even though, and my mother would do uh, something called fatback.
0: Oh, my goodness. Now, I
1: haven't had it in years, but uh, we would mm. uh, take the, take that and hey that was mm-hmm. that was uh, better than dessert for us Right. but those days have passed I yeah. must admit.
0: Well that's the beauty too because you get to reflect on those days and it, I think it's kind of good when you can go back in time and see what it was and see where you are like for me I had the great fortune of working in a butcher shop as a kid so um, I don't know and I tell people this I don't know if you've ever seen um, ground beef produced before. <laughs> and I'll tell you, man, just imagine a huge dumpster, and you're just throwing anything into it, fat, bone, whatever, and uh, there's a big grinder in there, and, and that's, your, that's your ground beef, man. So the reality is, um, you know, we're going to be talking about these things. So we're going to be educating. You know, We're going to be talking about the chronic health issues, and, and hopefully we're going to be making a difference.
1: Yes, we will. Yes, we will.
0: Yeah. So, when it comes to what you're doing on a day to day basis, tell me, uh, what, do you, what do you like about what you do and, and what are you hoping gets better?
1: Well, one of the things that's always uh, gratifying is that, as I said before, uh, with the nature of seeing seniors, you see a lot of folk who are in need of care. And the care is one of the, th- the lack of care is one of the things that directly correlates to uh, their quality of life as uh, seniors age obviously less mobility Mm -hmm. but simply because you're not walking as much does not mean you're still not in need of foot care Mm -hmm. that's uh, one uh, part of the spectrum but the other part of the spectrum uh, because I also uh, have over the course of my career dealt with a lot of athletes and uh, Mm -hmm. folk that are active a lot of females will come Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. for various reasons part of it is just from a cosmetic standpoint they may have developed uh, the things on their feet, the corns, the calluses, right. that type of thing, which often are a result of shoe, right. shoe gear. Right. But what that does is limit uh, their ability to probably participate in other activities. I hear mm-hmm. people all the time who are saying, well, I need to go to the gym but uh, my feet are hurting so right. It, right. It's, it's very uncomfortable so mm-hmm. I don't go. So one of the things I've been able to do is have some direct intervention in terms mm-hmm. of addressing whatever foot ailment they may be having so that they are able to so that's not a limiting factor in terms of them not going to the gym because it's sometimes you know how it is you you'll get busy mm-hmm. and we don't need impediments to do things that will help us in the long term Right.
0: And I feel like since we're real comfortable having this conversation, I'm kind of cool not even having the break right now. By the way, you know, and, and you know it's kind of cool. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to right now hearing from you. On two particular topics in um, foot care. Number one, can you comment on uh, plantar fasciitis? Yes, very <laughs> I mean, common issue, right? Yeah,
1: very common. Very common. As a matter of fact, I had a patient this morning with it. Mm-hmm. And typically, what happens is that on the bottom of our uh, feet there is a uh, tendon, and that attaches to the, our, basically our heel bone, and it proceeds. Uh, towards our toes and then it spreads out. And that tendon becomes inflamed over a period of time. And that inflammation is what causes, it contributes to the pain. And if it persists, it can actually lead to a heel spur. And that's actually on the bottom of the foot, but Actually, at the back of our heel, we have a condition because there's another tendon that attaches there from our lower leg, and there's a condition called Hagelin's deformity. And I mentioned that because here in the DMV area, we've been recently uh, shared the news about our star point guard oh, man. Been, yeah. it, uh, is, is out, yeah. and part of his initial diagnosis was... Uh, the condition was Haglund's deformity which Mm. again is a condition that affects the back of your heel and it had developed uh, some arthritis Mm. inflammation and he had to have he was having surgery and ultimately uh, he experienced an accident Mm. and it caused him to actually uh, rupture his Achilles so uh, getting back to the initial diagnosis of uh, plantar fasciitis. Usually uh, it can be debilitating if not treated. Mm-hmm. Luckily there are a number of interventions that could be implemented that will minimize okay,
0: that. Good. Yeah, that. That is just if I'm correct that's one of the most common causes of heel pain in anybody.
1: Yes, uh, yes.
0: And by the way those Achilles ruptures they 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 scare me, man, because they can happen at any time, and that's one of the reasons why I gave up basketball too, because I just felt like it was just a matter of time before it was gonna snap on me.
1: Yes, as we age, as we age, we lose basically the lubrication <laughs>
0: oh, for that area. Lubrication. Yes, yes, yes. So
1: our tendons aren't as flexible as <laughs> they were at an earlier age, and any type of uh, additional stress. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a lot, but uh, twisting or stress and it can right. tear or partially rupture. Mm-hmm. And again, it's becoming one of the more debilitating conditions, especially uh, specifically on the professional level. You know, we can uh, just mention John Wall, uh, condition with his heel, but Uh, what they're sharing with us now is that because of the condition of his Achilles, the rupturing of his Achilles, he may be out for a year, whereas uh, previously when you had a knee problem, Mm -hmm. then that may be a six to nine month uh, rehab period. Because at one time, knees were definitely uh, conditions that were in your career there's been improvement with knees however uh with the uh achilles situation you're still talking now it's longer to rehab an achilles than it is a knee
0: wow yes yeah i mean um i'm kind of wondering will he ever be the same you think john Wall? (laughs)
1: Well, none of us will ever be the same. I mean, uh, following that f- injury, yeah, yeah, it's a it's professional it, athlete. Yeah, knowing yeah,
0: speed's it. a huge part of his game too.
1: Very much so, and that was one of uh, the discussions I heard on another uh, mm-hmm. uh, radio station today. So uh, right. it doesn't look good for the Wizards. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I mean, we've transitioned from that uh, yeah, condition, yeah. but again, uh, hmm. Achilles are tough problems, right. and that's just uh, uh, one of a merit of foot problems that not only uh, affect mm. athletes but everyday
0: uh, now, now I'm gonna individuals. Sh- I'm going to share with you another foot issue and, and I use this a lot in my office now because you know we're going to be talking more about the details of um, diabetes but you know, I had this one patient and he was a long-term diabetic and he had been pretty stable I hadn't seen him for a while but it turns out somewhere along the way he decided to pick a sore on his foot and when he did that it turns out it never healed and he wound up having to get that toe um, amputated and so what I tell people now and I've always told them this but I remind them very clearly never pick sores on your foot especially when you're a diabetic. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, that's uh, great advice. Uh, one of the things from the etiology of uh, diabetes sweat to a large extent happens is that your nerves that um, control your blood vessels to help healing, Mm -hmm. are um, their efficiency is decreased because of high, what we call either blood sugar Mm -hmm. or the glycogen in your um, system, and once you develop a situation where there's a inhibition of your ability to heal, than when you develop a sore or something as simple as a callus um, Mm -hmm. and you injure it further by either using some type of blade or whatever you may use to try to pick it out Mm -hmm. then you're seeding the bacteria in your foot and what tends to happen is that the immune system is not able to Overcome the fact that you probably already have some circulatory problems. Right, uh, right. Uh, Didn't know. At, at one time, diabetes was referred to as a small vessel disease. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, the small vessels, where small vessels are predominant, is where you would see um, a lot of diabetic problems, even from uh, eye conditions mm-hmm. and obviously. Uh, in your foot because there are a lot of small vessels there so again it's really related to the inability of your body to heal
0: right yeah yeah i agree with you on that one you got to take care of those feet when you have diabetes very very important so you know one thing i didn't get a chance to do is to give a little bit more background on me and you know why i became a doctor It, it turns out i don't know how it happened but somewhere around the age of 10 i knew i wanted to be a doctor i remember friend, friend of myself, we used to catch birds when we were small, and some birds we'd even find with with broken legs, and we would try to nurse these birds back to to health. And and I don't know if it was also the $6 million man, by the way. We're about the same age. you Remember that show?
1: Yes, yes, yes. I uh, think it
0: was Dr. Marcus Welby on the show. There was something about Dr. Marcus Welby that kind of just said, I want to be that guy. and and somewhere around the age of 10 also my mom used to smoke and I remember somehow getting enough money and and giving her a book to stop smoking and so I always had a interest in health from a very early age and luckily uh, somewhere in high school too I looked at how long it would take to be in school man I started (laughs) thinking I don't know about this because you know all the schooling, you know four years of college four years of um, med school and then another three years of residency. So you're well into your 20s when, it, when this is, you know, when you're trying to do something like this. And it just so happens, um, you know, my mom, she had very bad blood pressure, like a lot of people in the community. And it was so bad that she focused on her, her six children, single mom. Mm-hmm. And eventually, all the things that can go wrong with blood pressure, Pretty much happened with her. We're talking about um, heart failure. We're talking about um, kidneys shut down on her. And it, it, when she was alive, she was one of the longest um, dialysis patients um, in that particular area. Mm. And I'm telling you, so I've always had a concern for trying to take care of blood pressure and you know i think a lot about her when i see my my patients when it comes to blood pressure because nowadays it's not uncommon you know normal blood pressure is 120 over 80 but it's not uncommon to see a blood pressure of 200 over 130 in the office man you know so it's it's, it's crazy but that's what got me into it
1: yeah well uh, it was good that you uh were able to experience unfortunate that some of the reasons why we choose to mm-hmm. do things and part of uh... I can relate uh, again as I said uh, with myself it was having uh, specific foot problems and being exposed to um, uh, podiatry that ultimately led me into it and I think in general in any healthcare care endeavor mm-hmm. there has to be a certain Sense of wanting to help people, a certain right, caring right, right, that right. Uh, and empathy that you have for your patients or for people that right. will lead you to want to do it. And one of the things that uh, now I, w- I remember, you know, Mark as well, those kind of things. Right. And you know, even in our community, I must say, I was exposed to a lot of uh, medical practitioners. Okay. And as a matter of fact, there was actually a black hospital in uh, my hometown of Wilson uh, Selma. A black yeah,
0: hospital? Yeah, a black
1: hospital, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like Harlem yeah, Hospital? Yeah, yeah, well, well, <laughs> Katie B was in the uh, Kate Benning um, Memorial Hospital. Katie B, I remember that. And a number of, and mm. we actually, actually, uh, first few years of my uh, Child up, up to uh, elementary school. Uh, we actually lived literally right up the street from the hospital. Wow. So we would, I would see, you know, mm-hmm. black professionals, hear about them mm-hmm. and cross paths with them at right. church and that type right. of thing. So right. it wasn't foreign to me to know of black uh, mm-hmm. and I had an aunt who was a nurse. Mm-hmm. So I was exposed to uh, the health care some healthcare professionals. Right. And so it was one of those things where, uh, when it came time to make a decision uh, in terms of what do you want to do with your life, one mm-hmm. of the things that uh, motivated me was wanting to, a need to want to help people and then do something I had some personal uh, previous involvement with. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's. So, so again, the call-in number, if there are calls, is 240-719-2560. And, and it's funny you mention that, too, because the reality is, in some cases, that's all you really had when it came to your health care, those, those hospitals mm-hmm. in your community. Uh, and let's appreciate the rich history of Howard University and Howard Hospital, Meharry, and, and those kind of places. So um, those are huge institutions when it comes to producing doctors and supplying um, the the physicians and other health care providers for our communities.
1: Yes, and that's, uh, you mentioned earlier health disparities, mm-hmm. and I guess that's one of, in my opinion, one of the reasons that uh, we do have health disparities, because I think without mm-hmm. a doubt, you can relate, if there's, there's a need to be able to relate to people who are giving you information right. now um, one of the things in our community it's it's I've seen a number of studies that have indicated that african-americans tend to do better when they have an african-american practitioner yeah. well but no the landscape has changed mm-hmm. due to uh... insurances due to uh, big pharma due to uh, and especially in in this community uh, how the the MedStars and other mm, uh, entities right. are taking over health care <laughs> delivery. And so we have to be very cognizant of the things that help us mm. and those that tend not to be as a much of a benefit as it may be purported to be. Mm -hmm. So there's no substitute for doing your own homework, having information, and knowing which tests to at least be aware of that may be needed uh, Mm -hmm. to help you uh, maintain your health or find out what problems may be Mm
0: -hmm.
1: pending.
0: Right, and you're exactly right. Relationships have a lot to do with you being comfortable and, and knowing who that practitioner is, and the data is out there. And what surprises me, I just finished reviewing the numbers, I, if I'm correct, the number of um, African American physicians, um, a very small percentage. And somewhere around 1990, the number of um, black men, for example, going into medical school dropped. And you know, black women are doing pretty good, by the way, when it comes to entering medical school and graduating. It's the males right now who are suffering quite a bit. So we're going to see a, a, a sharp decrease in the number of male doctors in the next 20 to 30 years, where it used to be most of the older, at least African-American doctors, it turns out, are older men. but right now there's a shift taking place and there are more women than men in in those positions.
1: And that will continue when you look at the number of uh, females in Mm -hmm. uh, undergrad. Uh, Right. So that just leads to you have to do undergrad before you can do medical.
0: And and, and that's why I'm glad we're here because we're we're able to talk about these issues and, and no one even talks too much about what we're talking about and for example too Many would be surprised to find out that even the prison system with black men going back and forth to prison, that has a role in our numbers in these disciplines as well, not to mention whether you have insurance, not to mention um, different health consequences of being in that prison system. So there are a lot of complex socioeconomics involved, and um, it's, it's funny how that relates directly to someone's health status as well.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, again, when you mentioned the prison population, obviously, um, we've heard so many. First of all, the numbers are mm. have increased. Right. Uh, hopefully, individuals who have been incarcerated are also at a higher risk for the mm-hmm. sexually transmitted disease, right. specifically right. Uh, HIV/AIDS, and that has taken. Um, very
0: detrimental effect on uh, the health status of our community. Right, yeah, it's been, it's been huge. So why don't we do this? Why don't we just take a quick break? And, um, yeah, you just mentioned it, HIV. We'll be talking about that, too. It's funny, no one's talking about that anymore. And it's still, still
1: a big issue. I think it was black HIV days a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Day. mm-hmm.
0: And it was yep. interesting, too, because I even talked to my son about this, and I was surprised to hear some of his comments about it.
1: I'd be interested to know what
0: he said great stuff great stuff we'll see you on the other side
3: we here at Vox Wave believe that no one in a DMV should go without a coat this winter so we
1: partnered with Star Imports dealership for this year's annual coat drive if you have an old or gently used coat that can still be worn drop it off with us Vox Wave Studios at 4711 Off Place Suitland, Maryland and give the gift of warmth to somebody in need in the DMV
2: and promote your products and services, Vox Wave is the right place. We have over 10,000 views a day and 70,000 listeners a month. For more information, contact Reg Gaskins at 240-832-4455.
3: Vox Wave now features a
1: streaming radio media player on our website's front page where local artists can get their music played 24 seven for more information on getting your music in rotation or to perform live at our studio contact reg gaskins at 240-832-4455
2: android users the voxwave app is now available in the google play store download the app today on your android device to listen in and view programs
0: Right. Well, welcome back to Doctors in the House. My name is Dr. Daryl Hill, and I'm with Dr. Rick Bryson. Rick Bryson in the House. So, thanks again for coming in today. My been, pleasure. Been very exciting having you here. So, let, let's go ahead and just talk real quick. You know, we'll, we'll get into more details later on some of these important health issues taking place right now. You know, we, we talked earlier about diabetes, but we also have heart disease being the number one cause of death for us all and those numbers continue to be very high and and you know then, the, then we got cancers to worry about out there um, colon cancer prostate cancer and those are scary things man those are scary
1: that's a lot of bone cancer
0: yeah yeah so i find a lot of black men including myself i'm, I'm terrified even myself as a physician of, of prostate cancer because the numbers are so high as we get older I'm just going to continue to encourage people to get checked. Got to get checked.
1: Yes, yes. You know, there's always, there's, <laughs> when you talk to patients, one of the things I've seen, especially even um, as we get get more information, the key is making sure that you are able to understand the information you're getting. And mm-hmm. I use uh, PSA for example. Okay. You know, I've heard various uh comments and even studies that uh, talked about the viability of doing that test. Mm -hmm. I've read anywhere from, yes, do it, to, well, the numbers, don't rely on it. So uh, people will will Hmm. share with me their experience whereby, uh, as I'm seeing more older people, gentlemen are saying, well, the doctor told them, don't worry about the PSA. But... uh, What's your well, that's that? a
0: great question, man, and I'm glad you brought it up because um, it's, a, it's a complicated answer because the doctor's right. Keep in mind, PSA, which stands for Prosthetic Specific Antigen, is secreted from the prostate. As we get older, that level goes higher. It also goes higher with cancer, too, and clearly the data says As you're getting into your 60s, um, you need to have a conversation with the doctor because some say don't even check it unless you've gone over the risk and benefits. For example, if someone is 65 and they have a lot of medical problems going on and maybe won't be surviving for the next 10 or 15 years, some say don't even worry about checking it because guess what? People get prostate cancer and this is hard to say, they don't always die from it, they die from other things and, and, and you can imagine you gotta, you gotta speak and tread very gently on this topic because I'll be honest with you, I was one year one year at a residency and I didn't quite understand how to articulate this and I always share this story because a patient came in and he came in with his, his sister who took care of him because he was mentally challenged. And I I said what I just said to her, and you can imagine what she thought. Um, She thought I was saying it wasn't important to do it in this particular individual. So you gotta be careful how you talk about those words. But yeah, there was a lot of controversy, and there was a big article in the Washington Post just last year about this topic. So what it really comes down to is that doctor-patient relationship and making sure the patient understands the risk and benefit because what's happening is remember when that PSA goes high and you want to know what's going on you gotta get a biopsy and those biopsies are pretty invasive and pretty painful so you want to get it in the right people and then you want to be able to affect outcomes so if you're going to treat somebody for something that isn't going to hurt them why are you going to even go through all of that? And that's part of the whole dialogue that goes on.
1: Yes, and uh, I can even relate. A number of uh, patients that I've crossed paths with, uh, will share with me that mm. even though the PSA numbers may be going up, but that is not a one-to-one correlation to say that you have prostate cancer right. because infections
0: can cause something. Prostitis. So what do you
1: tend to advise your patients or related to? Well, these
0: are great questions because I just went through this last week and um, it's usually on a case by case, but I always have a conversation with everybody. For that guy who's clearly young, less than 50, get the test. Even for older people, if you get the test and it's normal, there's no controversy. So a lot of times I say get the test and we can have the conversation later. Uh, But if there's somebody who's very sick and 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 understands the conversation, um, I'll purely just lay out the pros and cons of both scenarios and kind of let them make the decision. Uh, but clearly, that older person who's demented, who's bed bound, whose quality of life is already pretty poor, we don't worry too much about it.
1: Well, another question I have now in terms of some of the over the counter. Uh, I don't, I guess, technically, anything that you put into your body could be considered uh, a drug. Mm -hmm. So, with uh, the number of over-the-counter supplements that are available, do you tend to recommend males take any of those?
0: Uh, It depends. Um, For some of them, I do. Only when I think the benefit to the patient is going to be, worth any potential risk. You mm-hmm. know, I still advocate things like fish oil, um, maybe things that can help your joints. But I, I remind people too, in healthcare we, we like to have data behind any recommendation. And and sometimes the data just isn't there. So you have to make a decision on smaller type studies that suggest good benefit without having those larger studies which are more convincing.
1: Yes and I find myself telling people I think it's a mistake to say well I'm gonna take something for high blood pressure but don't change uh, lifestyle. I'm gonna take something to lower my cholesterol but I'm not gonna alter the way I eat.
0: And and, and that's a different level of question for me Um, but you're right. Um, Lifestyle it's got to be there for everything, exercise and diet. But I tell my patients the same thing. When you start talking about taking a garlic pill for your blood pressure, that's a different ball game. If I do something like that, you know, there's no science behind it, so you'll never hear me um, encourage someone to take garlic pills or things which aren't proven to be a benefit because that's a time bomb waiting to happen, and I want no part to that one. so I know we're kind of coming up towards the end of the show so what I do want to do is is take a moment we have a segment here where we talk about things in the news which are health related and um, might be of some educational relevance so let's talk briefly about what's happening in Virginia with the governor Um, you know in case you don't know the governor for Virginia in uh, his yearbook back in the 1980s, I think it was, he was found to be um, wearing blackface and there was a KKK costume involved. We don't know if it's him or if it's not him, but we do know um, it was his medical school and this happened. What do you think about that?
1: Well, obviously, uh, in this total climate with the Trumpism, it's uh, so amazing that once the picture surface. From what I can gather, the uh, governor's first comments were he was going to apologize. Right. And then within probably hours uh, after, I'm sure there was some consultation somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, the story has changed to uh, it wasn't him. But, <laughs> uh, and, and, and we were all calling for the governor's resignation. And then we found out that there was a situation with his lieutenant governor. And then we found out that there was a situation with, who was third in line? Was that the uh, Attorney Attorney General? General. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. with this blackface issue. And uh, I always, i thinking about it. My thoughts are one, first of all, when they were accused of being a racist, I've always had this comment to people, to be a racist, that's actually just a noun, but to be Mm -hmm. racist, you know, that's that's a verb. So mm-hmm. that should be, mean that you have done, there should be some body of work that you could relate to because mm-hmm. if you are a rapist, then someone has been raped. Right. So um, if you are a Buddhist or anything that uh, has any religious context to it, you mm-hmm. practice a certain, that uh, particular religion but to be called a racist, I would think that there should be something to confirm uh, some act or actions that would confirm that you are such.
0: Yeah, I was amazed by what we saw out there because my immediate concern was, what does this mean, number one, that the medical school published it? Number two, that no one said anything about it. You know, we're talking about now, over 20 20 plus years of um, this being out there and no one said anything about it. And then what does that mean? Does that translate into how these doctors in this medical school and this culture treat their people who don't look like them? Those are my concerns.
1: Yes, and I think the latter is definitely the case. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Back in the 80s Mm -hmm. uh, when this uh, picture allegedly was taken, Mm I guess blackface in our co- that's nothing that we did mm. and I guess from a comedic standpoint I I'm, sh- I'm almost certain they thought they were being funny yeah, they yeah, they were being yeah. funny but it's certain things that uh, now we take more sensitive mm. now uh, And I guess for lack of a uh, better phrase than uh, the governor himself, even though I'm not a Virginia resident, I think mm-hmm. he probably uh I would not say go so far as to say he's a racist. Right. But right. uh he did something that in hindsight I'm sure he regrets. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that just shows you at some point it was accepted. Right. It, it was exactly. accepted. And they exactly. felt comfortable uh wow. doing it. And um the thought the implications of how others would, specifically African Americans, would Mm. perceive it did probably, I'm sure, didn't even cross their mind. They didn't Mm -hmm. care.
0: Wow. Yeah, I will tell you man. So why don't you go ahead and share with the audience again your contact information?
1: Yes, uh, you can reach me 301-706-6437.
0: And myself, I can be reached at 301-497-04 Zero 01, and also at laurelmedicine.com, L-A-U-R-E-L, medicine.com. So as we continue along with the show, let's talk real, really briefly about what are, what are some of the things you do to promote health for yourself? What are some of your, your personal things that you think works for you?
1: Well, one of the major things, that, and I must uh, say I was very fortunate to come from a family where health is... Uh, important. Mm-hmm. Part of it, uh, some relatives who are Sunday events and their religion, okay. uh, obviously, uh, more so than uh, most religions, emphasize eating uh, practices, which right, tend to be right. uh, of a health benefit. And so my thing is obviously uh, to practice what we do know are, are practices that don't contribute as Mm -hmm. much as others to uh, detrimental health such as eating right. I was an athlete growing up and I've tried to maintain some athletic endeavors to Mm -hmm. uh, uh, help with uh, heart health. You get get into
0: the gym? What do you you get into the gym?
1: Well, yes, but I also have some cardiovascular equipment at home. Good. Don't use right. it as much as uh, I probably should. But the other component you said before was uh, diet. We mm-hmm. very um, luckily, my wife is very cognizant of, of eating healthy minim- mm-hmm. and minimizing minimizing uh, those things that tend to contribute to uh, ill health. We minimize our red meat intake, for right, for instance.
0: Right, right. So we'll have a chance to talk more about lifestyles, diet, exercising, um, some of the simple things that can make a difference, kind of like what you just said, cutting down on the, the red meat, getting more of the fruits and vegetables in. And, 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 and one of the things we didn't talk too much about today, we'll be getting into um, dementia too. I don't know how much dementia you see in your practice. A whole lot, whole lot, uh, whole lot. But I was surprised to find out that apparently African-American women have incredible numbers along with just African Americans in general I I did not know that until recently my research is showing me this there's gonna be an explosion between now and 2050 by the way and when I did the math that kind of put me in that group in my 60s and and, and, and 70s assuming I'm still here here but we got to do everything we can now to get smart about that and hopefully the research will will make a difference
1: Yes, people are living longer. Mm -hmm. Now, the question then becomes, is the quality of life uh, the same? But I I would... Argue that uh, typically the quality of life has not maintained
2: Mm -hmm. simply
1: because with um, lack of mobility so many Mm -hmm. people that I deal with are homebound have been stricken with cancer but they're not dead they're still living however however there is a a question of the quality of life
0: Uh, right and and it's interesting too we're going to talk about that homebound population because to me that is a untreated and almost left behind segment of our health population you know I, I'm thinking right now about that patient I saw last week who literally lays in the hospital bed in his living room at home you know he's been amputated both legs and cared for by the family and and, and what that means for the caregiver the caregivers they're the ones who really are under so much stress and and, and need support to in the home to 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 continue providing that service so there's a lot going on out there
1: yes yes it's much needed brother so we'll yes stay sir tuned.
0: yes sir so you know we're getting to the end of today's inaugural segment and i'm telling you man i've had a wonderful time being here with you i've had a great time getting into some of the the issues we're going to be talking and getting into deeper just want to remind our our viewers we're going to be bringing in different doctors talking about a variety of different issues and um, at the end of the day it's all about improving health and helping people live longer and and maintain quality of life all right everyone stay tuned yes sir all right